Welcome to Teach Me Sentai, a podcast where we're taking a look back at the Power Rangers and the Japanese series that gave it its inspiration and footage, Super Sentai. I'm Natalie Bridgman. And I'm John McDonough. And if you would like, you can support the show by going to our Patreon, patreon.com slash teachmesentai. John, what are we doing today? We are back in Die Ranger. Uh, we've got a White Ranger in Power Rangers. Now we need a White Ranger over here, for better or for worse. <laughs> well. Complicated. That These episodes polarizing even within my own soul <laughs> it's episodes 17 18 19 and 20 of die yeah. ranger which you can watch on shout factory in the u.s most easily available through amazon prime but they've got dvds they've got other mm-hmm. stuff shout factory is who you're looking for we do have a little bit of previously that we should we should check in on just a, just a little yeah just a little bit there's a sword in a rock yeah <laughs> there's a sword in a rock and rin's Uncle, grandfather, whatever, put it there. Yep. He also forged it. And he's like, I made this for the new Dire Ranger that's going to come join us. But he didn't really, like, say anything else. (laughs) Right. And uh, that seemed more simple at the time than it now feels to me with all the various (laughs) layers of backstory and lore we're going to explore today. So (laughs) with all of that in mind, we should probably just get into it. Yeah, let's just go. This basically (laughs) starts with a kind of foreboding White Ranger dream, like, but it's not really a dream. It's just like the sword calling out to a young boy. Yes. Cool. Right away. Yeah, we waste no time. There's no mystery of who the White Ranger will be. It's (laughs) just like, it's gonna be this kid. And we're like- This kid. (laughs) Word. Cool. And he is, my first note is that he is so cool and also a little bit of a shithead. And I think that's accurate. Yeah, he is the worst in my heart, and also so fun. I guess I care about him. It, like it, he he makes me actually insane, and I think that's the point. I think they really strike the balance of little brat. Often, you know, people try to go precocious. When Power Rangers does a child Power Ranger, they're gonna go precocious. This is like no, he's a he is a child. Yeah, like this is definitely a kid. Like he he has some good instincts, but he's also a kid. His name is Ko. I don't Ko. think we said that. No, we didn't. Because we were just like, he, he's complicated. Him. <laughs> Ko, yeah. And he has a skateboard and a hat. And he doesn't understand the Boundaries. personal bubble of it all. <laughs> like, he doesn't get it. And I I think he's great. I mean, he's awful, right? And I would probably not want him in my life in any way. But, like, watching him as a fictional character, I'm enthralled. He's great. He's very entertaining. And yeah. the story is good. Just, like... Table setting. All these episodes, this is four parts of like the six part Welcome to White Ranger storyline. So yeah. like we might pull in some things. I just wish he wasn't such a pervert. Mm-hmm. And like there's like several, several moments yeah. of him flipping up girls' skirts, stealing yeah. up Rin, etc. He like will not keep his hands off Rin. It's very upsetting. And it ruins like everything else I like about this. Even sure. like he has a big crush on Rin, spoiler. But like even that works for me. It's just that he is so, he's just kind constantly crossing personal boundaries with women and the show plays it as such a like, isn't that funny? And I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, that is one thing that really rubbed for me because I kept trying to remember like what being 12 was like. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been two decades since I was 12. But I was like, I don't really remember like people being, and like this could be also like a time thing because this was like in the 90s and also it's Japan. So I don't, I don't really know. 
I don't remember 12-year-olds being so, uh, I don't know, openly groping, but whatever. I don't know. Maybe, right. Like... And it doesn't feel... It doesn't feel like it's coming, like, from the character. It feels like it's the show wanting to do this stuff. I think yeah. that's where it makes me sort of, like, uh, Especially because, like, there are a lot of comments about various aspects of Rin's body, what she wears, how yeah. large her breasts are, that just, like, that is, like, an actress who works on your television show. It's just, like, that right. is the part that weirds me out. Like, if yeah. Ko was a little 12-year-old pervert, like, fine, a lot of 12-year-olds <laughs> are little perverts. But it feels like the show is sort of, like, relishing in it. Like, this is their opportunity yeah, yeah. The people making those choices are adults, <laughs> and that's where I think and that's weird. The line. Yeah, but anyway, otherwise, Ko's super fun. <laughs> he's really, he's really good at skateboarding. Except the actor is definitely not, but like Ko is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and big <that's>, ups. <laughs> yeah, and so that's fun. He can do some really big jumps, and it's great. I was so confused about his home life situation because when we yeah. meet him, he like first we see him asleep and like the the sword in the stone, tiger sword in the stone is like talking him or whatever. Cool. And then he's skateboarding to school, presumably, and causing wreaking havoc. He sees Rin and is immediately smitten with her coming out of her apartment and... Which, like, great, whatever. We get the whole, like, the big swell of, like, she's so in that slow motion, whatever. And somehow he already knows, like, who she is. Yes. This is all, like, a little confusing in yeah. the way it's presented in the episode. Because I think it's trying to be like, what is going on? But you have the benefit of listening to it from us. And I have <laughs> feel no need to confuse you. So let's just go ahead and talk yeah. about what's going on. Which is that Biako, who is the sword. We don't learn his name until next episode. But yeah. Biako is giving Ko these telepathic instructions. And part of that instruction is that he needs to break into Rin's apartment. Right. So all of this has been engineered. Ko has been sent to Rin specifically because he needs to get inside of her apartment. Right. But I don't even think he's like super clear as to why. But he gets in there. He steals her purse first. And then there's like this chase with Shoji. And he's I love that Shoji is always defending Rin. And we see it again here. And they're like running through basically like the whole downtown area into this shrine area. And that's where we meet the big back for this episode, which is these three sisters that's where the rangers encounter them yeah and when we say this episode we mean like this episode like all four episodes we're talking today (laughs) yes yeah they they are still like still the big bad like there's not yeah (laughs) by the end of this there's still there's still a problem there's also the gorma bureaucracy which is always confusing because it doesn't really make any sense that's also occurring in this where They're visited by like a general. Was this this episode or was it the second episode or was it the first? Because I feel it's like, this episode yeah, that yeah. General Tempo and Akamaru show up. Yes, in a rickshaw, which is also how we saw way back when Archbishop saw show up. I guess right. like, they're like chosen transpo method. Because I guess they use the Capatros, like a version of the Capatros, to do it. Like, why not? Why wouldn't you? If you don't care about other people, you know, but yeah, sure. So yeah, shows up with a another general, General Tempo and Akamaru. Akamaru is a little boy. A little yeah. boy who is smoking, but not. It, this is the best 
thing to me. Yeah. It is so stupid and funny, and I like it so much. <laughs> so he has one of those, like, child party, like, you blow in it, the thing rolls out, and it makes a little noise thing. Yeah. And he uses it like you would use a Corella de Bill cigarette. It's, it's so good every time. Yes. Every time. It's just like, yeah, it's so funny. And he's selling it. First of all, just an aside, these two, because now we have these two boys, right? And they're kind of anchoring these yes. episodes. And they are younger, on the younger side. You know, 12 might be the actual age that they are or younger. And they are selling it. They're so good. I love that. Yes. Yeah, I think they will both be with us for quite some time. Yeah. Question mark, but I think so. And co-definitely, at least. Yeah. And they're both really great. They're so good. They're really selling everything that they're doing. And it's so fun. There's nothing, really, truly nothing I hate more than, like, an inadequate child actor. Because there's, like, thousands of them. Like, just find one. And I think this is also one of the places where, like, again, the fact that, like, Akamaru is a little precocious, obviously. Yes. Like, this big villain. But, like, they are both very much kids. And, like, mm-hmm. I think that lets the child actors be better. I think so often yeah. people run into trouble with this is they try to make them act like cool teens or grown-ups and it's like no it's a kid let the kid be a kid and the actor right. will probably do better and i think that's why these actors are sort of able to to really they're not annoying at all yeah they're really selling it and the moments where they're supposed to be really earnest and genuine they are and then in the moments where they're being goofy like they're being goofy and it all works it's great yes but why is everybody here but why why is everyone here and so the whole thing with the gorma side of it the gorma bureaucracy of it is that Basically, General Tempo shows up with Akamaru and they're like, hey, we're going to try to steal the sword to prevent the Kiba Ranger or a new Dire Ranger, the Tiger Ranger, whatever, from coming into being, from being born is how they term it. And Akamaru's going to head this up. The Senate voted on it. What? The Senate voted. There's so much weird government. Like, <laughs> we're going to we're gonna need an org chart. It's like, I, I desperately need an org chart. I need to understand how it works. So that's on that side of things. Obviously, the commanders that we've met already are, they don't like this for just on yes. principle. And then also we learn, like, basically right away that Akamaru is Shadam. Is his, that's the one. Yep. Shadam. His son... That he put up for adoption immediately. Yeah, yeah. And I think it works super well. Yeah. It, it's like instant drama. It feels good. It's a little soapy, but yeah. not in a bad way. I was like very into it. Yeah. And so that's on that side of camp. So they have their yeah. own interpersonal conflict and then the actual like conflict. Yes. The three ladies of hell are Lady Ring, Lady Necklace, Lady Earring. <laughs> These are the monsters that were in White Light. But like one of them, I believe it was Lady Ring, like was the monster. Yeah. And called, it was the Scarlet Sentinel Nimrod. I don't know why that's such a name. And then weirdly summoned like AC and DC or whatever. Like the, right. these are actually three separate monsters, all of which have slightly different abilities. They, they're a design that was inscrutable to me in Power Rangers. Now it makes a lot of sense so because like sense. Lady Ring is just like a fist and mm-hmm. Lady Necklace has a big head. The neck extends. It's really creepy. Lady Earring has these giant ears. They're sisters. They're the three ladies of hell. They are Akamaru's minions. And they're great. They're great. Yeah. They also have like a bunch of... They just seem incredibly capable. And so that's always fun. And then on the Die Ranger side of camp, basically... When Master Kaku is, like, meditating, he gets visited Uh by Rin's grandpa-uncle situation, and he's like, by the way, this is happening. Also, the Gorma know about it. You have to help this happen, basically. Yes. Kind of a Zordon moment, but not really. Yeah, a little, like, could we get some more information? Especially, again, like, we'll get there in the next episode. There's, like, 
some predestiny shit happening yeah (laughs) there's a lot like i hope that more like again there's two more episodes in this whole kind of like package that i hope kind of like solidifies some stuff but it'll be fun so but back to the action shoji and rin are are cornered by these three monsters yeah and the others show up and they're kind of all taken to this hell dimension yeah and while this is like they're like fighting and doing all of this also, though, Akumaro is there and he does see Ko at the shrine, too, um, yes. notably. And so they're doing this thing in this chunk of episodes, which I don't like. I think they've done a couple times before, but in this one, they're, they're really doing it where they'll basically highlight a, a face off. Like showdown. Yeah, yeah. A showdown. And they'll have like a little title card over it. And so that's like the quote unquote, like main fight of the episode. And with this one, I believe, was it, it was Shoji and one of the Sisters of Hell, and they fight, and it's cool. Yeah. Fight, 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 fight. <laughs> fighting. A lot of fighting. No Zords. Everyone really quickly runs away, though. Like, yes. To, to move on with the episode, because we have a apartment up to do. Right. So, basically, Ko had left the purse seemingly with nothing missing, but what he had taken was the keys to Rin's apartment, he goes back to the apartment, he ransacks the place looking for basically the key changer or the morpher. Yes. Finds it. Rin comes in, is, has noticed that her apartment is like the doors ajar, it's classic, like, oh, I've been broken into moment. Comes in, her room's a mess, and Ko is like a little shit about it. It's like, well, aren't you a woman? Shouldn't you keep your, your apartment a little cleaner than this? He's the biggest brat. Yeah. <laughs> And and one thing I didn't notice is like, or I didn't mention is that he does introduce him as himself as like her little brother, like right away, whether she likes it or not, which so and they definitely have like that kind of a dynamic, even though he doesn't. That is the vibe. That is the dynamic. And it's and it actually is really fun. He takes off with the thing. And then it's kind of like a race to get to the sword, I guess, because they don't know exactly where it is. They're yes. still trying to find Yako is sort of calling Ko to him. Lady Necklace has used her extendo neck as a periscope and found it. So, so the creepy. monsters are on their way. And Rin is chasing down Ko. Right. So like everyone is sort of on the way. And like in classic, I feel like the show does a lot. Like if one of the Die Rangers there, the rest of them are not far. So like right. everyone's sort of headed for this shrine with the sword. One thing I do want to note too is that when Kaku does explain like there's going to be another ranger, the other Die Ranger are like, cool. That's yeah, their sounds reaction. Good. <laughs> They're like, yeah. Head. Yeah, sounds, then, that, that sounds helpful. Thank you very much. Yeah. They're like, this is great. I guess they don't have baggage of like a recent team member leaving. Well, I also think they're just like adults and way more secure. That too. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, and so then they're just trying to get to the shrine and they're trying to get to the sword. There's like a fight. The three ladies get to Rin and Ko is sort of slinking in the shadows. Yeah. He is able to do the thing. Right. And he is kind of like watching Rin get hurt and it's like really complicated. But Byako or the sword at this point is very much like you have to stick to the plan. And it's kind of, in my opinion, a little easy for Ko to go up to the sword and just grab it. For all of this, like, they're going to try to keep them from getting the sword. Yeah. That just, it, Rin holds them off on her own. I don't yeah. even think the other Dairinger show up until no. Ko has made it to the sword. Yeah, she's able to handle it herself. And it's, like, cool. It's a cool fight. Yeah. But they're also focused on fighting her kind of naively that he's just able to go up and grab the sword. No problem. He can transform right away. It's cool. Awesome. <laughs> and yes. it's the White Ranger. And he's so cool looking. Yes. 
And he has explosion powers and he acts like a little boy and it's great. Oh my God. There's so many things about this White Ranger that I love so much more than the White Ranger as I knew him. There's little things that like make sense. Like, first of all, his look, he matches the rest of the diary. Right. But like, even why this whole talking sword thing happened, it becomes more of a thing in the next episode. But like, Byako at all don't want the people to know the White Ranger is a kid. So like when the White Ranger is talking to enemies, Byako talks. And it's like just such a smart thing. And it works very well for me. Yeah. And I am a little confused as to why like they don't want to let the other Die Ranger know like who he is. But I'm rolling with it. Yeah, I I kind of ended these four episodes, by the way, like, I'm not sure if they know or not. I (laughs) I don't think they do. Don't? And like a lot of their actions only kind of make sense because they don't. But you know what? Let's roll with it. If they don't, they're being very obtuse and, and they're not asking any questions about who the White Ranger is. We'll get there. <laughs> like, as he said, they're pretty stoked that he's going to be around. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like, he's being very helpful. Yeah, they're like, rad, thank you. But the next episode gives me, like, the, the most precious image, like, that I that, that I have ever seen in my entire life. It is the White Ranger skateboarding. <laughs> It's so good. That's how we start. This episode yeah. 18. The episode ends with just him doing a bunch of yeah. flips and being like, I'm the White Ranger. Like, There's so, a White Ranger now. But yeah. suddenly we're not in a fight when the next episode starts because like, who cares? <laughs> we do a lot of just suddenly not being in fights. Normally it's covered. Not here. No. Uh, this episode's called The Secret Byako-chan. So yeah, he's skateboarding like a little kid who became a Power Ranger. His first <laughs> instinct is not, let me go fight and put my life on the line. His first instinct is like, I'm a fucking Power Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have a good time. So he's like... Doing a bunch of flips, he's harassing women, he's yeah, he is. breaking up a baseball game, and, and Biago at a certain point has to just, like, yell at him, and kind of, like, trick him into being unmoored, because he's like, you need to, like, focus up, my dude, and Ko, being the little shit he is, gags Biago. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we sort of get our, our, our slight explanation about, like, who is this child, beyond a child who woke up in a bed. Yeah. Because... Rin comes back to her apartment and he is moving in. He is with an older couple who we find out are some grocers who live nearby who are not his parents. Ko's father is, who cares? And Ko's mother (laughs) is dead, they say, but Ko does not believe that. He believes his mother is still out there somewhere. She's just gone missing and she will be back for him. That is a plot point. And (laughs) this grocer was a friend of his mother's and so took him in. But now Ko said, my big sister's here. I'm going to go live with her. And they were like, great. So Ko is here. Rin is not happy. These are kind of Rin episodes, weirdly, which I like. Yeah. We we always have that uh, go to commercial title card with one of them swinging around their their weapon. And like, these are both Rin. The next two are Kiba Ranger, but these are Rin. Yeah. So Rin is like, I'm not doing this. I'm not into it. And Byako is also really unsure. Because this is putting him in pretty close proximity to Rin. And Ko's like, it'll be great. I'll know what the Die Ranger are up to. And Byako's like, but we don't want them to know about you. Which, again, why? Like, I, I don't really get it. But I don't think they any of them would be acting any differently if they right. all knew who each other was. I mean, the, the Die Ranger don't really keep their identities a secret. But right. like, it's it's very silly. It's, it's really weird that he has to have, like, a secret identity and, like... The rest of them don't. But, like, and here's the thing. Instead, he's just, like, in their social circle anyway as, like, this annoying 12-year-old that, like, forced himself into Rin's home. <laughs> yeah. It's very, Rin has, like, a child now. It's, yeah. It's a weird vibe. 
But Akamaru is not happy, but he's going to make the most of a situation. He was supposed to keep the Kiba Ranger from being created in the first place. He can't, but now he's like, okay, I'm just going to corrupt him. I'm going to make him into a Gorma. Mm -hmm. That's going to be Akamaru's big plan for the next several episodes. He somehow knows, and we get sort of more information. I say more information, not a ton, later, that the Kiba Ranger is a kid. Yeah. And specifically that the Keeper Ranger is a kid who's going to have this tiger brand. I don't know how he knows that yet or why that is happening, but it is. Rin tries to do some reverse psychology on Ko. It's like, no, I'm actually happy you're here. Let's hang out. I'll be your mom. Uh, it's, it's great. It's all fun. <laughs> and then the phone rings and uh, it's Ko's mother. She's come back to him. She's at the train station. He should go find her right now. And it's actually Shoji. And the others come in and they're not feeling great about this. They're like, this is kind of like a shitty lie, Rin. Like, why are we getting his hopes up? And she's like, I don't care. I want this bitch out of my house. <laughs> and considering the number of times that he has felt her up at this point, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I did write down, sorry, I do not feel bad for this kid. And that's how I felt. He needs to be more respectful to people to get them to be nice. It's true. Yes. Lady Earring is a, oh, well, okay. So okay. they grab Ko's stuff. They put it in a truck. They all drive off. And Rin goes out and Ko comes running up or runs into Ko and he's like very sad. He's been tricked. He's not happy. Yeah. He runs off. And Rin does feel a little guilty, which like if there's one part of this thing I don't love, like telling him his mom would come back from him. Maybe not the nicest. Right. It's like you're not fixing the situation. You are, in fact, making it worse. But Lady Earring is the one who finds Ko and sees his birthmark. And so now, uh-oh, she knows exactly who he is. Mm -hmm. And Rin comes to his rescue. This is where I thought, in my head, she also saw this exchange and and knew as well. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I think it think is so. not true. But for like an episode and a half, I thought it was true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the guys show up really quickly. They morph. They roll call. Ko runs away and runs past Akamaru, who at this point does not know that Ko is specifically Kiba Ranger. So they have yeah. a little like face down, but Akamaru keeps going. Ko doesn't want to fight. The others are really, like, having a hard time, but Ko's, like, scared. And Byako's like, bitch, you're a die ranger now, and you need to get it together. This is what it's all about. And he sees Rin kind of getting hurt, and that sort of motivates him to transform and really enter the battle. His title is the Howling New Star, and he fights Lady Earring. This is our sort of, like, showdown fight, yeah. Kiba Ranger versus Lady Earring. And Byako sort of is, is guiding his hand, and we see his attack, which is very silly. So it's Howling cool. Star's Scattered Echo, which is all about using some sort of illusions to create big, like, sound things, which I love in the sense that, like, Ko is an annoying little kid, and his attack is noise. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. In this case, it makes a punk rock band. <laughs> it's so fun. Ko is really, really exciting. And Lady Earring, of course, with her giant ears, particularly messed up by yeah. this attack. So the sisters take her and retreat. Lady Earring is like really injured and this is sort of upsetting because like like most of the Die Ranger monsters, they have human forms. And so like she comes up to Akamaru, they're all in their human form to tell him, I know who the boy is but doesn't get it out and then like dies. Nice. And it's like weirdly heavy watching that be like yes. oh ko just like killed that woman it's a little it's a lot yeah and so she dies and and i do think like akumaro he has a good working relationship with these hell sisters i guess like he feels like there's definitely an attachment there it kind of feels like when she dies he's like oh no yeah and they seem like they're like 
the real deal. They're not like, you know, Kabuki boy with the Gorma Triumphant is <laughs> like, what are you doing here? Can you be somewhere else? It's like, he he likes them. And yeah. they're, they're strong monsters. So um, right. he does seem very affected by this. And he's a little boy. And his mother and father abandoned him. And his heart's full of hate. Yeah. I think it is in this episode, we do see an explanation I say explanation, like the the very beginnings of like, what is this tiger scar? Which is, yeah, it might be the next one. Either way, let's cover it here. Yeah. Let's... So the one thing we really know about Ko's mother at this point, besides the fact that she is dead and or disappeared. Right. Probably not and, dead or disappeared. Yeah. And <laughs> is that at some point, this tiger shaped scar was intentional. She like, with tears in her eyes, pressed this brand into him, marked him as this tiger. She felt really bad about it, clearly. Yeah. But this was something she felt like she had to do. Right. So, like, this is all adding to this story of, like, Ko's destiny. The Keeper Ranger was not just Master Guhan's random whim of the week. That was the big wheel blades, I guess. This was, like, <laughs> in the works for a long time. So yeah. Mysteries abound there. But for now, we, we close the loop on, like, these are sort of three two-parter sort of this is sort of the like rin and co two-parter and rin says okay look you can come live with me just you gotta respect women he doesn't (laughs) he's like a bridge too far but but they have sort of decided okay i'll look after you which i thought was because i knew you were on the team but maybe isn't she's just nice and there we're, we're in the new status quo for these two characters where Rin, or Ko is living at Rin's house, and he is now part of their social circle. But Akamaru is far from finished with him. In fact, despite Lady Earring dying, he still maybe has his eye on the right kid because he saw him at the fight. So lots of scary things to come. Lots of stories still to get to. But it's our time to take a quick little break, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. So this so, next two-parter is sort of like Ko meets a hot girl. Yeah. Two-parter. That's basically what it is. Is this the one, though, because I'm trying to remember, is this the one where we also get to see the Emperor? No, that's the next one. That's the next one. Okay. Which is weird. Like, it's weird that yeah. in the middle of this, we just, like, again, <laughs> tap into some Gorma bureaucracy. There's so, like, put in your head, that. we're going to see the Emperor. But first... But first, I think we something we didn't mention is that he's decided not just to live in Rin's apartment, but to live specifically in, like, her drop ceiling. Yeah, and it's kind of like a classic child fantasy room yeah. in a way I really like. Oh, yeah. He's got a hammock. It's, like, his own private space. It's cute. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, like, we all wanted to be in, like, a secret space that no one could get to. So, yeah, definitely that. But he's living in her ceiling, and she's trying to get him up to go to school because she's a mom now or something. And he's running late and he has to, you know, kind of like skateboard through town to get to school on time. Classic. Yeah. Also, again, this actor really can't skateboard. Like, I really, it's just very, very clear. Like, he can't do it. But it's cool. He tries to sneak in to the classroom without being noticed because he's running late. He doesn't want to get in trouble. Kind of works at first because at the same time that he's coming in, the teacher is introducing a new, new student has joined in their class, Kasumi. And mm-hmm. she seems really nice. And, and she's so cute. She's so pretty and cute. This episode's called The Heart Throbbing Pretty Girls. So. Yeah. And she is. Like, she's very darling. She yeah. has a really cute dress and she seems really nice. So he, you know, they make eye contact as he's, like, sneaking in. And so, like, you know, it's on. Like, it's on. This this is important. This is going to be something. Yes. 
And then, like, some kids are mean to him and he falls out of a chair. But whatever. It's fine. Oh, the joys of youth. Yeah. So, basically, like, they, they end up hitting it off. Koji... I'm sorry. Shoji and my bad. And Kazu. And Kazu. (laughs) I was like, that is not right. (laughs) Shoji and Kazu are waiting for Ko, like, after school. So I guess, like, the entire, like, Diary Ranger crew are, like, co-parenting this child now. I don't know. Communal baby. Yeah. Which, like, it does take a village, whatever. Yeah. And they're kind of waiting for him and they're kind of annoyed this is where we get Shoji kind of admitting that he does have a crush on Rin, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, they're like my favorite pair, Shoji and Rin. I've said that for episodes, and like, there's so much good stuff. Shoji does kind of become, in the way that like, Rin was like, the secondary character with Ko, this is, these two are sort of Shoji and Ko. Yeah, and they're trying to pick him up, and all he does is kind of like, throw his backpack into the car and then skateboard away, which, word. Classic. <laughs> because he's got a date he's got a date he's meeting up with kasumi and they meet up at like an amusement park and have just like a fantastic fucking time yeah before that there is like a brief conflict um one of the ladies does confront and akamaru are like transformed in front of us or die and biako has this like sort of clever plan to try to throw akamaru off the scent it doesn't seem to really work but it's clever in the moment where like he has ko drop the sword, run off. And then he like talks like from behind somewhere like, oh, I'm the Keeper Ranger. I'm here. And they're like looking at Ko and they're like, huh? And then they like get back together and morph. It's it's clever, but I think Akamaru is still like, but I know it's that kid. Yeah, he's like, I'm I'm still sure. Yeah, and then after that, he's like, oh wait, I have to hurry up and get to my date. So then he runs off to his date and it's a cute date at an amusement park with ice cream, etc. It's a fun time until Kasumi's like, so what's your mom like? Yeah, what is her mom, his mom like? She's just like, what if I pour salt in your room? <laughs> right, right. But it's like a real life pro tip to every person in the world is like, I think because of like our, our big social identity of motherhood and stuff like that, like people love to like casually ask other people about their moms because we assume that one's fine. Like you don't yeah. casually ask someone else about their dad because like you know, but like the problem there is like if there's something with the mom, you have just... Like, stab them right in the heart. And so this is my lesson to you from today's episode. Do not ask people (laughs) about their mothers until they've brought up their mothers. Yeah. Like, it may seem like a safe topic of conversation, but it's probably... You don't know And it probably is, but if it isn't, you have just... It's so much worse. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That totally makes sense. Because everyone's kind of like, well, I've kind of got a dad issue. Who knows? And then... But, like, with mom stuff, if, if it's off with your mom, like, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad vibes. Bad stuff. But so for the anyway, same reason that you assume you can safely ask about people's moms when you can't, it's yeah, bad. Yeah, it's real bad. <laughs> anyway. Kasumi hasn't learned this yet. Well, and it's kind of funny because you would think that she would know because what, well, what we find out is Ko's like, well, my mom had disappeared and it's really complicated. And she's like, I'm sorry. We're <laughs> also, my mom sucks. She's like, oh, but don't ask me about my mom. It's like, well, what are we doing right. here? I mean, there's a reveal coming. We're not going to spoil it in this moment. That does kind of make all of this really track. But like, Kasumi's <laughs> making some wild choices. Yeah. Well, there's so many. It like, it didn't really make sense. As I was watching it, I was like, what is this girl's deal? <laughs> what is her deal? Because her mom is like, so cartoonishly horrible. Yeah. <laughs> like they cast, like they cast that woman to be evil like that was just the vibe they're like can you be the meanest possible woman and she was like yes 
also wearing incredible glasses the whole time, like big, <laughs> chunky, very like 80s, early 90s, oh but kind God. of have come back now. Like it's like a moment and she wears it. We see her in many different contexts. We see her playing tennis and she's always wearing these chunky yeah. glasses and I love it. I love it so much. She looks so good. I'm like, I get why she doesn't want to be tied down by motherhood. She has things to do. And she hates her daughter so much. So much. <laughs> For reasons completely unknown, it sounds vaguely like there was a divorce and things got worse after that. None of that matters. Shoji takes some bad advice space for him, which is like, this is like the whole thing where when it's messed up with yeah. your mom, it can get really painful because right. Shoji's just like, mothers love their kids. And like, look, right. there's a reveal coming with Kasumi. And I do think Ko's mother loves him, but like, sometimes they don't sometimes and that's really messed up and like it's sad and it's hard and like saying like no your mom does love you is just it, it is eating at the specific part of someone's brain when they have stuff with their mom that's like what is wrong with me that my mother doesn't even like me and that's why this is never the advice you should give someone when they're struggling right. with stuff with their mom but shoji is shoji and of course he's yeah. not good at that <laughs> he's you know shoji he's a straight shooter so like he really can't contemplate this idea that like moms wouldn't love their kids he's like what i don't get it but it's true and so essentially he gives this advice he's like no don't let whatever you're seeing happen out in the outside world with like other people in their situations like your mom loves you and then ko is immediately exposed to just like absolute derision <laughs> from kasumi's mom towards her like it's so bad she's just like i hate you i didn't make dinner go get yourself stuff i'm leaving like it's just kind of like pushes her it's not good yeah definitely like on a cartoonish level of evil but also like as an aside probably something that like other people experience so i don't know yeah like this is all very cartoonish but like if it wasn't yeah. Shoji's advice is not the right advice. <laughs> right, no. And for Ko, who's particularly, like, vulnerable and sensitive about his mom, like, he does believe that she disappeared. But then I think this, like, starts to point in the question of, like, okay, but did she not just disappear, but rather leave me? Yes. Which is also kind of interesting to, and I think smart of the show, to kind of pair with Akumaru and, like, his very clear, like, historical, his parents abandoned him stories. Yes. He's very explicit in this episode in a conversation with Shaddam that, like, the Gorma are powered by hate and uh, my, my, the per- people I hate that empower me are you and my mother who abandoned mm-hmm. me. Like, he's, he's, like, very explicit about it. Like, <laughs> I'm not good with this. I hate you. I hate her. And that is what is motivating me. I don't need to go to therapy. I know what's motivating me. It's right. how much I hate your ass. It's like, I identified it. Am I past it? No. No. <laughs> the Shadab <laughs> actor is great in all these scenes. Like, yes. I, he's very dynamic. He's like kind of hot, which is mm-hmm. a weird thing to say. Like, it's he's no, it's doing true. a lot. He's great. He's yeah. really good. Yeah. It's really fun. And so, and then having that together, you basically, you can see Akumaro's like way forward of like, well, this could be it. This could be like the beginning of yes. hate infecting Ko's heart. Yes. Lady Necklace kidnaps Kasumi. Yeah. And just like carrying her away. And Ko decides, which I think is kind of weird. He decides to go find Kasumi's mom and is like, something terrible happened to your daughter while she's playing tennis. Mm -hmm. And he's like, something terrible happened to your daughter. You have to come with me. And she was like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't care. And she basically puts like the nail on the coffin of like, you know, you can be a mom and like not care about your kids. Yes. It's not automatic. And there's there's a little, like, 
thing in this episode, which again, when we get to the whole reveal, I'm going to reflect back on this moment, is actually like pretty smart. Where like mm-hmm. Shoji is there when Kazumi gets kidnapped, but like Lady Ring very quickly heads him off. So Ko is able to go to Kazumi's mother alone, and Shoji is not there for this conversation. Right. Because he is busy fighting Lady Ring. Right. And so, and I think that really, like that exchange with Kazumi's mom really like rocks Ko's world. He is just, he does not know what to do with this, these feelings. He's, yes. It doesn't make any sense. It's really kind of turning his world on its head there's a little lady ring fight it's good it's It's a good die ranger fight there has to be a fight in the episode my favorite thing about this fight is that lady ring has a rod as well so they do some fun yeah that was rod versus rod stuff and like shoji's just fun to fight there's this like very silly moment where she's like because they've done this so many times she's like all right tenma ranger i will see you later i'm leaving and starts to walk away and it's sort of like i guess she they 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 have many times the ladies of hell have been like we're good now yeah But then it's a trick. It's fun just because of how many times in these episodes they yeah. have actually retreated from the fight. But she gets she gets pretty rocked, although not destroyed, Lady Ring. Right. And that's basically... And so then they have to, like... That's how they save Kasumi. Well, they haven't gotten to Kasumi quite yet. She is still kidnapped at the end of this right. episode. And then they... Okay, and, and then it goes Ko into the next one. And is feeling bad. Right. And he's feeling terrible. Yes. My bad. What's going to happen next? It's fine. These episodes kind of blur all together. Not in a bad way. In a, no, like, it's it's, it's just kind of one big story. Yeah. Episode 20 is called The First Opening of the Gourmet Palace. So the team has sort of caught up with Ko. And like we said, he's not he's not doing good. He's deep in his feels. He's really about upset. Mommy dearest. And... Shoji, this is better advice than just like all moms love their kids. Is like you believed in your mother before, and you need to keep believing in your mother. Like yeah, that is that's that slightly is better. The better version of this advice. <laughs> Master Kaku is also watching, which felt super weird. But does he do this great moment where he confronts Ko and is like, "So look, I can tell from your your key power that you are the Kiba Ranger, and like, cool, I'm here for you." <laughs> which is like, it's Kaku is so cold <laughs> that it's yeah. like, he's so, it's like, let's not send him for the kid. And also, this was the moment where I realized that the others aren't supposed to know. It took me till this point when Kaku was like, "Well, I know," that I was like, "Oh." It's not everyone who knows. Very silly. So then you have to take everything that's happened in the last few episodes and you're like, so they're just doing this for some kid. They're just hanging out with this kid. (laughs) It's also funny to see Kaku outside the basement. Oh, yeah. um, Just because we do so rarely. And like, especially in like a sunny day. It's like, (laughs) what are you doing here, you weirdo? He's like, this sucks. Where's my basement lair? But now we have to do some really weird Gorma work. Oh, yeah. Because they decided that this is the moment. So, right. The Gorma Triumvirate, our friends, Gara, Shadam, the whole gang, they have been called to the main Gorma Palace, which is this upside down floating pyramid with an eye on it. Really cool. Inside are a bunch of real weirdos making noise because that's what the Gorma do. This is all very weird. It's all very vibey. I kind of like it. Everyone is weird ages. That's the other thing about this group. <laughs> It's and, like so many disparate ages. Right. They're all different ages. They all seem to be from like, if there was like a, a world, they're all from different parts of the world. It seems like there's different cultures here and they're making noise. And I guess maybe they're like all in disguise in different parts of the world to like corrupt people. Maybe. But like, not super clear. They're all making noise. <laughs> General Tempo's back and he and Shaddam are sort of in this fight over like who is going to take out Kiba Ranger. Is Akamaru going to get to keep doing it because he works under General Tempo? The Triumvirate wants to take over, etc. etc. They get called by Emperor Gorm the 15th. 
So how they get called is this random floating ball comes out <laughs> with these little masks. And this man's like, put these on and go. And so they do. And they go on these platforms. And they're raised up into this weird, like, I don't know, pillar place. For yeah. some reason, it like vaguely read like squid gamey to me. Like that sort of like <laughs> yes. otherworldly, yeah. like... I guess someone designed this, but, like, why? Why? <laughs> Vibe? Yeah. And it's kind of pink, also. <laughs> right. And, like, this is, like, a throne room, I guess. Or is it, like, his room, the emperor? Like, I'm just so confused. I think it's the same room they were in before, and that's all the emperor's room. But, like, the emperor is an adult who right. acts like a silly little boy. Right. And he has a little, like, pinwheel that he's blowing when they come up yeah he's like kind of giggly when we do hear his voice it's very high-pitched it's like a very weird like he's generally quite creepy i don't know that he's scary but he is creepy it kind of reminds me of if you're familiar dear listener or john with like when majin buu showed up in dragon ball z like he's a big goofy Mm -hmm. pink guy with a high it is very majin buu vibes yeah yeah which i always thought that version Uh, Majin Buu was more interesting than when he got like yes when he got like ripped yeah for sure very that so he like throws the pinwheel at General Tempo because General Tempo is the one he wants to keep doing it yeah but Shaddam is like that's a mistake because what General Tempo doesn't know what I've been paying attention to is that there's this prophecy and there's going to be a sixth mythical key beast and like what is most important is stopping that and Emperor Gorm is like wow you're right and, like, shifts the thing over. And then Temple's like, whoa, what the what? And he's like, why are you still here? Which is, like, my favorite moment of the yeah. whole conversation. Now, what you need to know about this whole scene we just discussed is that none of it matters to this episode. Because we're going to keep going with the Akamaru and Three Sisters of Hell story. Right. It doesn't matter at all. Also, what you need to know about that sequence is that Shaddam came with a PowerPoint. And I think that's great. I'm so glad. He comes prepared. Another scene he just like sells. Yeah. He's all three because Gara was great and the stuff with Kujaku, like they're great. Yeah. They're these three villains. They really I think there are so many recurring characters, both villainous and vaguely heroic, that we've met in Die Ranger, which I've been really liking. It makes it feel a little more serialized while still having its sort of like episodic vibe. Yeah. Not these episodes. This is one big story. But Yeah. <laughs> It's it's the casting they do on those they've been very intentional about, which has been great. Yeah, it's been really fun. Like, everything feels alive, basically. It's not just like they're throwing it up there for things to happen, you know? So it's pretty cool. That is just weirdly half the episode, though. Yeah. So, Akamaru is like, I'm not working under my dad. I don't care that I'm supposed to start working under my dad. I'm not doing it. I'm going to keep going with my plan. Right. Ko gets a ransom note that says, like, <laughs> he, like, goes to Kasumi's house and his mailman, like, hands it to him. It's very funny. Yeah. That's basically just like, come to this warehouse, don't tell anyone, Kasumi, blah, blah, blah. So he goes, and she's there, and yeah. They come outside. Ko does not have great logical skills, or else I think his alarm bells would be like, wait, what? Because when he gets outside, her mother is there in a car, and she's there in a car to say, like, I've decided I'm not being your mom anymore, I'm abandoning you. And sure, why not? She says some mean things to Ko, and this, of course, like, pisses Ko off and, like, triggers him he's like no way no you're not abandoning her like my mom abandoned me oh my mom abandoned me i hate my mom blah blah blah. he's like brand glows his whole body kind of glows for a second and he's like the gorma the the yo power maybe is taking over the gorma energy's here it's all happening but then he remembers shoji his uncle uh (laughs) told him (laughs) his uncle dad brother Told him about believing his mother, and and he remembers other things about his mother beyond just this brand moment. Sometimes when his mother was, like, happy with him, and even with the brand moment, how much it hurt her to brand him, and, like, how much she cried and all this stuff. And he 
He's like, no, what am I doing? My mommy loves me. The Gorma energy dissipates. He is back to normal. Right. And just in time, because the other Dyranger followed him, and they grab Kasumi's mom, and they're like, yo, Ko, this is a trick. This is Lady Necklace. And sure enough, Kasumi's mother is Lady Necklace. And Ko's like, wow, they kidnapped Kasumi's mom and replaced her with Lady Necklace, and she's been being so mean. That's why Kasumi's mom been so mean, and runs off with Kasumi away from Lady Necklace, not really putting the pieces yeah. together. <laughs> because He's Kasumi 12. is, of course, also not real. Right. Kasumi's Akumaru, the way he, like, reveals himself is so funny. <laughs> and, like, I thought this was really clever, just as, like, the Lady Necklace of it all, because it's like he sees her mom fuck off on her he goes into comfort kasumi kasumi leaves there's lady necklace to steal him and then like lady ring gets in the way of shoji because she has to go pretend to be lady necklace like they they did some good uh yeah blocking to maintain this whole plan yeah this is solid plan akumaro is a tactician that's what we're seeing here and it really almost worked except for that shoji is a very inspiring person i guess yeah i mean gender's not real right (laughs) Definitely not. Especially when you're evil. It's not. Akamaru was like truly delighted that yeah. Ko had such a crush on him. It's so funny. He was like, you're so stupid for having a crush on me. Ha ha. It was so funny. And this is a moment, though, when I realized that we haven't had a sword fight in a really long time. And I'm living yes. for it. Same. Like, they're, we haven't mentioned them because they have not gotten in the swords. The, the mythical keepies have not been mentioned for no. three episodes. Even with the zero, like, they got mentioned here. We're about yeah. to have one. And it's the only one in these four episodes. So if that's, if you're like Natalie and generally feel like once the swords come out, the episode's over, this, this is arc great. is for you. Yeah, it was a really fun time. And then when it does happen, it's great. It's fun. Like, yeah. it's a sword fight. So Ko morphs to fight Akamaru and Lady Rain. He's, like, very angry. There's a few moments where Ko is, like, really happy to attack Akamaru, which I like. Because I feel like when it comes time for the other people to do violence against this child, they might have, like, some hesitation. Yeah. They usually play that stuff. But Ko doesn't, because Ko's like, that's my peer. <laughs> right. It works really well. But while he's fighting, Shaddam just shows up to try to kill him and send some explosions. And Akamaru is 100% in the way of those explosions. And Shaddam does not care. Right. Lady Ring saves him. But Akamaru is kind of like wrecked by this. He's like, I know you didn't like me, but like, whoa. Yeah, because like they're on the same side regardless. Like even though they don't have like a relationship, like what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's very clear that like Shadam is like, when I abandon you, I abandon you. I didn't love seeing you here as my kid, but like my mission is to stop the Keeper Ranger and like you're not going to be an emotional Oof. factor in that for me. Yeah. And it's like very devastating for Akamaru. Ko turns on Shadam, uses his scattered echo. This time the big noise making thing is a bunch of police who just like open fire on him. Mm-hmm. Like police do on unarmed people. Yeah. And Shadam retreats. But the rest of the Die Ranger now have like a pretty classic and straightforward Die Ranger fight with Lady Necklace that used the big wheel blades. She gets big. We bring out Die Reno, who we haven't seen in a while. It's like, I think because we haven't seen in a while, this is like a pretty business, businessy fight. Yeah. Lady Necklace has a sword. Die Reno has a sword. It's very straightforward. They sword fight a little bit. Yeah. But like, it is like, oh, I kind of missed this. <laughs> and two down, the Lady Necklace is destroyed. Although, based on what we've seen in the Power Rangers footage, I believe Lady Ring might be able to bring them back somehow. We'll see. Point is... The team has defeated Lady Necklace, has broken Ko free from Akamaru's plan to lure him in with this pretty girl. But now Ko is feeling a little like happy to have his friends, a little rocked. His friends who none of them know that he's (laughs) their teammate, I guess. They really don't. They comfort him. He's their little brother. But this mythical chibis, are they going to find it? Yes. But like, what's going to happen there? 
to be continued. And yeah. that's where we are laying off in our coverage. We'll get to those last two episodes in our next Die Ranger episode. But overall, how are we feeling about these episodes? I think that this was so fun. Yes. It was so fun. Even though like Ko is really like, he's a little shit. He's he still fun. fully is. He annoys me. Yeah. <laughs> but he's 12. He's and 12. 12-year-old boys are annoying. Right. And... I don't know. It is kind of funny to me how like none of the die reader know who he is. And I think that that is kind of silly. But I also think they're not like leaning on that, though, which I think is. Yes. If they were constantly like, who is Kiba Ranger? And this boy is around. I would probably be more annoyed. Yeah. I'm kind of maybe just going to proceed in my own brain like they do know who he is because it makes more (laughs) sense to me. And I don't think it actually changes the story at all. Yeah, I think either way, it doesn't really matter. I think it makes more sense if they do, but whatever. And I love kind of the different dynamics that Ko has with Rin and also with Shoji. Yeah. It's fun. I think, yeah, my overall, like, while I do think Ko is like a little obnoxious, and I will, like, the one, like, I'm okay with him being obnoxious up to the point that we discussed with right. the, like, weird women stuff. Respect women who work on your show. Yeah. I do think these episodes really highlight everything that I've been loving about Die Ranger and really make me see, like, no, it's all really on purpose. The, like, interpersonal dynamics mm-hmm. between the team is really strong. Really cool, interesting, recurring characters. The Gorma being these sort of, like, inscrutable, weird, but they seem like they have all these layers and depth to, like, what they've got going on, which is, like, so fun and cool. Even this, like, mystery we're getting about Ko's mother seems yeah. pretty juicy to me. And I thought the thing about that mystery with his mom... Like, it took them an episode before they, like, launched that. And it's still, like, it didn't feel, like, rushed or crammed or, like, oh, my God, this is also part of this. It's, like, this is all unfolding. It all makes sense. And I think that they were actually, like, kind of restrained in a way that that's an all word I use for Sentai. I'm not being like, here is the big mystery. It's sort of just like, we're, it's mentioned first mm-hmm. early in the episode that he thinks his mother's still alive, which like, obviously plants a seed in your brain of like, well, is she? But it's not like, what happened to Ko's mother? And then we get the branding scene. It's like, oh, there's so much more. So we're like, getting this continuous sense that like, oh, this mystery is much deeper and bigger than we imagine. And instead of being like, here's the new big mystery, the show was really, I think, kind of understated in the way it like built that up in your brain. No one has stopped to be like, where is Ko's mother? But like, it is, It's like that's a where question. we're at right now. Yeah. And I do have theories about it. Do you like, I'm interested if you have any theories about her mom, but like my big one is that I think that Akumaro and Ko are related. I think they're I think so too. I I wouldn't yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they have the same mom. And my other theory and maybe even the same dad. Uh, I I do my big theory is that I think that Aka or Ko was born in the in the Gorma society as well. Yeah. But I don't know, we'll see. It's interesting. I I think she probably is still alive. Mm-hmm. Probably a captive of some Gorma or another, but like I could see like several different versions of who that is even. <laughs> yeah. That she's a captive of. So I think that there's a lot of interesting stuff to play with. I'm really excited to see kind of what they do with the story. And then still in my head, it's like, we've got Kajaku. We've got the Three Stooges. We've right. got like all these other fun recurring like things to play with. Kind of building into the big like Gorma finale. We're not even halfway yet. And I feel like the world just feels so much bigger than yeah. G-Ranger. I loved G-Ranger. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Like, we had fun with them. Yeah, and, like, all of it's still anchored in the thing that we've liked about the show from the beginning, which is, like, the fights in this show are great. So fun. Like, they're so good. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> we didn't so talk fun. about them much because there was so much plot, but, like, they're still great. 
Yeah. Well, you're never sitting there and you're like, another fight? You're always like, yes, another one. Like, I don't know. The way that they're able to balance these episodes between, like, these really plot-heavy things, perhaps with, like, the Gorma Society stuff aside, because that just is so, so, like, wait, what? <laughs> Every yeah, single time. Yeah, that was time. a little, wait, what? But... It, the way that they're able to balance everything else, like, it just, it's, like, really solid and really fun to experience. So, it's a good time. I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah, I really like this show. I really am enjoying yeah. sort of what, what it's bringing to the table. How different it feels as you ranger. And, mm-hmm. yeah, Keeper Ranger fight's so cool. Like, Dude, because yeah. they make him fight like a little boy, an excited little boy. And... We got some of that footage in Power Rangers, and I was watching that for the first time knowing he was a kid. I was like, oh. And then watching it in context, it was like, exactly that. It's like, he's just a little kid. And it's funny because a lot of the White Ranger footage we even got in our last Power Rangers episode was created footage by the American production, by Saban. So, like, I'm really interested to see how weird it's going to be when Tommy goes from... I'm a cool martial arts master to like, I'm a 12 year old boy. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's going to be a little jarring. Right. And then like the only thing that I see from this that I think is kind of like annoying is that in jumping ahead into like turbo or whatever, we do also have our like little boy ranger moment in Power Rangers and the Power Rangers side of things. And it's like a completely different experience. (laughs) Yeah. I universally hated (laughs) moment in the Power Rangers that I don't think anyone likes that kid. And I don't know if we're going to watch that kid because I don't know if I want to. We'll see. But maybe we'll tap it. Maybe we'll check it out. Who knows? Anything's possible. Who was your favorite Die Ranger this episode? Um, you know, I really, really like Ko. I also really liked Rin. I think I'm going to say Ko, even though he was a little shit. Yes. I feel like I'm going to be on a journey with Ko now to feel like when his little shitness, I can look past it enough to declare him my favorite ranger. Yeah. It's not this episode. Yeah. I will say Rin because Her. I think that she, she continues to be a badass and a great emotional center for the team. And her generosity of spirit and her ability to take on all three ladies of hell at once. Thumbs up for me. Love her. Next episode, we will be talking about episodes 21 through 24 of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, meeting some new friends who we're going to be with for a while in that show as well, and watching people scramble while they deal with (laughs) uh, labor disputes as we spend more episodes than we thought, waiting for them to just finally make the transition. Yeah, no, that's insane. I forgot about that. No, I'm remembering it. (laughs) Netflix and YouTube in the U.S. are both places you can find that. If you want to get in contact with us between now and then, teachmesentai at gmail.com. Instagram, teachmesentai, Tumblr, lots of great pics to post today. We'll have some better pictures of the three ladies of hell than the one that I posted for Nimrod the Scarlet Sentinel, who I was like, I don't know, it's weird. We'll, we'll really let you see what they've got going on. And I'll do a post later in the week, too, with some pictures from the Gorma Palace, because I think the like weirdness of the visuals there are yeah. super cool and worth looking at. And uh, review the show, rate the show, tell your friends, thank you for being here. Patreon.com is not me Sentai one more time. Yeah. Cool. Well, here it is. John, our final question. If you were given a morpher today, what color ranger would you be? I would think I would be a blue ranger, although I'm wearing very light gray pants. And it's occurring to me that like I don't wear a lot of like white shirts. So this could be a like white ranger look if I really Ooh. wanted it to be. And maybe it is in honor of the white ranger. What about you? I am definitely like a light blue ranger. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll take the White Ranger then for okay. sure. Letting it. We, we need one for this episode. Right. It's only appropriate. The Morphin Grid guided us to this very moment. They did. All right. Thank you for listening. <laughs> we will see you next episode. And until then, may the power protect you. All right. Bye.
Teach Me Sentai is produced and hosted by Natalie Bridgman and John McDonough. Our incredible music is by Christopher Bridgman and our wonderful podcast art is by Yvonne14. You can find their work on Twitter at E-A-V-O-N 14 or on Instagram at Yvonne.14.art. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash teachmesentai and new episodes come out every other Thursday wherever you get your podcasts.